welcome to the Run It Back podcast. It's been a long time since I have done one of these again. I ha- I think I have about three, maybe four of them in the library that I have not uh, put out yet, which is probably very bad. Um, it's been well over a month since one has put in- been put out, but you know, life gets in the way. You can't do everything you want to always do, but hey, we're here right now, and I've got a returning guest as well, Tyler Euston, back again back again and michael memis is here and this is his debut yes it is i'm happy to be on i'm happy to have you bud and i think that uh this is long overdue honestly like i've had this for a while and i've always kept like the same people on i need more people and i'm glad you're here man <laughs> it was just like always like oh he's right here let's just do it and it's, ah. <laughs> fair enough <laughs> but today we're gonna be talking a little nba there's a lot that just went down over the past week We'll probably we'll we'll talk some football. I know both these guys will want to shit on me for a little bit, uh, both being Giants fans and I'm an Eagles fan, and I'm you could call me clinically depressed at the moment with my team, but that's just neither here or there. The NBA, what has surprised you guys the most? For me, it's Gordon Hayward to Charlotte, and recently, just today, broke out that what was it the Pacers and the Celtics both offered him over a hundred million dollar contracts again. I think I just saw that today. I didn't see that. Uh, I, I didn't see that, but I don't know. For me, the most surprising thing I think is the haul that the Pelicans got for Drew Holiday. I mean, that I think it's worth it for the Bucks, but and to be honest, that's that's so much. I mean, for a guy who's one one time All Star, he's really good though. He'd probably be multiple time All Star in the East, and he was. You, know, you played for your 76ers and he was good for them, and he's mm-hmm. good for the Pelicans. But that was. I mean, think about like some other packages we've gotten, like the DeMarcus Cousins package, and he was considered a better player than Drew Holiday. Think about the even the Anthony Davis package. I get Brandon Ingram was involved, but that wasn't even as many draft picks. No. Um, so just the the haul they that the Pelicans got, that probably the most shocking thing. And now the value for like guys like Harden and for John Wall and for Westbrook to lesser extent because he is has that bloated contract is going to be huge. That that they're going to need to do. Maybe it's just the recency for me because I actually I didn't forget about it, but I kind of didn't realize the volume of picks that all was because that's actually really insane. Like they have so many picks, and then also OKC out here with like what like eighteen picks through like the next. They have like eighteen picks in the next eighteen first round picks. Yeah, (laughs) not just picks, first round picks. Um, And it was NBA Central on Twitter that reported that uh, the Celtics and Pacers both offered him contracts worth over a hundred million, but. I know, I know a couple people will be mad with that. Like I have, I like we have Celtics friends that are like pissed off with Hayward constantly, but like Tyler, you're not one of them. Like I like get like get tell me get tell enlighten me on why so many people don't like him so much from Boston. Like I don't understand it. Like he averaged 17. He was his per was like 18. Like the guy was playing well. His he's a he had a shooting percentage last year of 50. Yeah, I mean, obviously his injury was very significant and that kind of made him decline a little, Yeah, but he was still kind of recovering, I guess, like before last year. And then this past season happened. He was just back to regular Gordon Hayward again. Like, I don't know. I don't know why everyone was upset with him. They had to be patient with him kind of like recovering from his, his injury. I don't know. I, I never had a problem with him. I liked him. No, I know from your perspective, like it's not even like it was an ACL, which is devastating. The dude's leg snapped in half, 90 degrees the yeah. other way, near his ankle. 
So like, that's not anything that you can like come back from and be amazing at. And it took him a while. And then he just got injured again, which is really unfortunate in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. But then Mike, were you surprised the Knicks didn't make as much of a splash last week or were you happy? I'm honestly not because like once they weren't getting friendly, which I know Nick fans said it was possible, but also I didn't, you know, he wanted to go back to the Raptors. I don't think he really wanted to go to the Knicks when he's not going to be, you know, he went, he's going to go from a team that won the NBA finals and then almost made the conference semi conference finals. They made the conference semifinals to a team that if, you know, if they overachieve, they'll get the eighth seed. So um, I'm not surprised. And their cap is going to look really good next year. Like Randall's going to be off the books unless he, they next take, pick up a team option, which doesn't make sense unless he turns into a real star. Um, so the guy who's going to be paid most, I think is going to be on the books unless as they trade for someone, it's going to be Obi Toppin or RJ Barrett. I don't know what the rookie deal exactly is going to be, but RJ is going to pay like 8 million. Like that's, they're going to have so much cap room and I, and that's going to either, they could sign someone or they could trade for guys and get draft picks. And they already, you know, use the room to get 2023 draft second round draft picks, which is supposed to be the double year, which Basically, there'll be like some high school kids. I don't know how many, but like the, they'll, they won't have to go to college and they could just go right to the pros. And the, the logic there is they can have some first round level talent in the second round. Um, but they, you know, I like the signings. Like Austin Rivers was a steal. And, you know, they got some guys who could shoot. I really don't know who's going to be. We don't really have a good point guard, but it's whatever because, you know, they'll get a high draft pick and, you know, just see Barrett and Mitch develop and OB hopefully be good. Then on the West Coast, the Lakers got extremely better, and it's not I I hate it, but I respect it because they get they just revamped their whole team. I think they improved after letting Rondo go. Though Rondo is one of the best passers ever. Schroeder's a great shooter, and he'll make it, and he'll be a great point guard for him. But they just oh, I'm blanking up. Who did they got Gasol and, uh, and Montrezl yeah. Harrell? Yeah, Gasol and Harrell. And they kept Markeith today. Exactly. Um, there's rumors he may go to Clippers because Marcus is there, but he's staying. And they have <laughs> – your team has LeBron, James, Montrezl Harrell, Anthony Davis, Marcus Ole. Like, who's going to score on you? That's very big. Who is going to score on you? Nobody. You have yeah, to I mean, shoot. I mean, the guard's defense is not as good, but, mm-hmm. like, LeBron can guard a guard. So Yeah, LeBron. And Davis can. Yeah, which is scary because it's like – well, here's where Golden State comes in and beats them with their three-point shooting. But now we don't have Klay Thompson anymore, which absolutely brutally sucks because I was looking forward to him coming back so much. Everybody hated the Warriors so much for for those two and all they did was shooting and how they and then when they got KD and everything. Like I'm not saying you guys like I gotta see Tyler shaking his head, but I, I think mean, like I mean I don't overall, think people hated Clay. I no. think people hated Steph. Uh, because the fact that, like, especially for LeBron fans, like he was getting, he was saying, like, he's better than LeBron now all time, and it's like he had two good seasons, two two excellent seasons, and then it's like suddenly better than LeBron. I don't think people hated Clay. I think you know because the fact that he was in the Warriors, they didn't like when he you know maybe won them a series like against the Thunder when he had that big game. But it's more Curry and Draymond. I feel yeah. like Draymond because he's like a dirty player. <laughs> Draymond especially more than Clay and stuff. Draymond's, Draymond's a good NBA analyst, though. I'll give him that. He is. He's he's like the worst version. He's like the hated and like worst version of like Dennis Rodman. Yeah, I mean Rodman was crazier though. I mean he's crazier, about, but nobody hated him. I think people hate. I mean the Pistons people hated him more. I think when he was in the Bulls, like the golden child of the NBA, I don't think people hate him as much. When he was in the Pistons, and they were like, you know, punching guys and like 
getting guys ejected. I think he was hated a little more. So I think Lem Beer and got more of the credit, got more of the hate, and Rick Mahorn got more of the hate. Yeah. Well, I didn't mean like I didn't mean like Clay was being hit. I just meant like Golden State in general because. Oh yeah, like, no. I mean that's yeah. It's like, obvious. Well, now <laughs> if those two teams would have been in the Western Conference playoffs, everybody that's not one of their fans is rooting for the East team, no matter who it is. Because like everybody yeah. hates both of them except for the LeBron, the LeBron fanatics. I mean the clip the Clippers are the second best team in the West probably, but like. They didn't make it last year. So I don't even know, like, besides who's after them. Is it the Nuggets, the Blazers, um, the Suns improved? I don't know how much they've improved and if the bubble stuff was kind of a mirage. But it's going to, like, after the first two, it's going to be very, it's going to be something to watch to see where the rest, three to eight, and or even three to the rest of the conference stack up. Mm-hmm. The West is loaded. It got deeper. Mm-hmm. I really think... I think the Clippers got worse this free agency so far, obviously. But apparently they have something up their sleeve. I've seen it multiple times now. And I'm just waiting to see exactly what it is. And I mean I guess like I don't I like what what else can they do right now? Like what I mean, can what can they, they trade away? What can they get? They did get a Baca. That's a good signing. I mean, I guess the logic is maybe they traded for a Westbrook. Um I don't see how that works. But I guess right now that what who's their point guard right now? Would it be Pat Bev? Yeah. yeah, I mean he's he's good. I like him. But also like I feel like if you know if you did have a star point guard like a Russ, that energy off the bench is gonna be insane. Like him and Lou Will coming off the bench with I guess either Marcus Morris or Serge Ibaka. Like that's gonna be a really solid bench unit. Um but Pat Bev can be a starter. It just now that I, I don't know what they're planning. It's I don't know what Westbrook can do. And I don't even know. I haven't looked at their cap room, but like how, who they'd have to trade away to get Westbrook mm-hmm. and still be, you know, not like violate the cap rules. Yeah. I think something that you could actually watch out for now that I think about it is yeah. Westbrook, but I don't like, I don't think anybody wants Westbrook at this point. It seems like it's like, why would you want Westbrook? Like he can't shoot. So then it leads to my thinking is there's three players on the East coast that everybody would probably want. John Wall, Bradley Beal or Terry Rozier, because Terry Rozier has no place in Charlotte now that they draft the Lamelo. Unless you want to have Lamelo play off the bench for a year, which I wouldn't see why you would. So I think the Clippers' next move is probably to trade for one of those three players, and all of a sudden they can compete with the Lakers a lot better, I, I and mean, more or less compete with Denver. I know Tyler, you're you follow Rozier more, but is he really a step up from Pat Bev that much? I know he was good when Kyrie was hurt, but he hasn't pressed since then really. I mean, yeah, he was really good in the playoffs for the Celtics when he was starting, but when he got, he just hasn't really done anything in Charlotte when he became a full-time starting point guard in the NBA. I don't, I don't, I mean, he could be a good starter for somebody else, but I just don't really think he's like, I don't know. I just don't think he's like a starter in the NBA. He's probably, he's really good off the bench. Obviously he's a great backup point guard, but I still think he's a, a good starter and he'll be I think he'll be a step down from what Pat Bev is I think in the starting lineup he did average well eh, I don't know about that I, I'm a big statistics guy that's what I am and like Tyler you know that for sure because that's any argument I bring up statistics I tried to piss Jacob off the other night when I was comparing Hayward and Jalen Brown and he was you, you saw he's getting mad he's getting really mad um was everything I was saying true? Yeah, but like, was it a great argument? Probably not. But Pat Bev has is only averaging seven point. Well, he's averaging seven point nine, five and three three and a half assists. 
while Terry has been averaging 18 points, but then four rebounds and four assists. So, I mean, give or take what you consider what's great. I mean, Pat Bev's defense is, un, is absurd, and he'll get into anybody's head and piss anybody off. But on the offensive end, he's not that productive outside of I mean, the ceiling, you can get away with the problem, but, like, you have that defensive identity. You got Kawhi, the claw. You got Paul George, who's a 3 and D guy. Ibaka, you know, have, who's sort of block. Like, he was called a blocker for a reason. <laughs> Um, and you know, Pat Bev is a really great defender. I think he's been all, all defensive team. Um, so that like their defensive, I, I they could survive having Rogier at point guard, but also the fact that they become a less, they don't become an elite. They're not as elite of a defensive team if that happens. No, but I feel like if you can gain that offense back and you like, it's not saying like Pat Bev is going to be a real, like traded. He can still come off the bench or Terry comes off the bench. And then, and it just all depends on the certain situation of the game. If you need defense, you have Pat out there. If you need offense, you put Terry out there. And that's something where I think that they really need at this point because last year, especially with Paul George, um, just not doing anything good for the team. You need you need somebody who can put up some points in the playoffs. I mean, in the bubble, but yeah, he, he hasn't been like since he called himself playoff P. It's not been good. Like no. and like. It's it's crazy because there's like no one called him that, and then it was like, oh yeah, I'm playoff P, and then after that he just he he choked. He like didn't do good the last two games of the Thunder series, I remember. Um, and then in the Clippers, he you know he saw how he did in that Nuggets series. He's the reason they blew that three one lead. I've never. I seen... I mean, Paul is still a great. He's obviously a superstar player, and you can't like it's tough to like base base it off of a bubble when there's no fans and there's not like an arena. Like it's some people like Danny Green for example is a really good shooter, but in the bubble he's. I know Clay's laughing. He's on the Sixers, but um, he's a good shooter in general. But the bubble, it like it affects people. Like when they shoot, it's it's just like the backdrop of the hoop or something like that. Because they're so used to seeing like all the seats and all the fans and in, in the arenas, and like it's just like it's tough. There's a lot that goes into that. I've never seen a player of that star caliber though shoot it and go off the side of the backboard. Like on, on a regular shot, it's not I even like say, it's not even like I, fading I, away. I like a last say a Ben Simmons shot. thing, but also I don't know if he shot enough that he would have hit one off the side. No, and he also not a three point shooter. <laughs> he just doesn't shoot. He doesn't shoot. He, he's a paint guy. He's he's no, fun. I know. He like PG thirteen is a guy who shoots three. He gets his Simmons points from around the paint and around the arc or, or the uh, elbows. Sorry, <laughs> not the arc. <laughs> but that's he did hit a couple. <laughs> he hit a couple, and then and they were they were in rhythm. Apparently, Mitch, which was more was probably the most impressive. According to our draft pick, Maxi, apparently his shot and his offense is through the roof right now because that's who he was working out with a lot before the bubble started because, like, he just has those connections. I think he's a clutch sports client, which is a big I thing. Mean, I guess so the, apparently, the is apparently that, Ben is, like, it's, like, not different, but he's, like, better. You know what I mean? I don't know. It just seems like a same old story because, like, we've oh, seen, like, Howard say, I'm working on three-pointers. They've seen Drummond say, I'm working on three-pointers. And like they, they shoot like maybe one or two more in the season. And like think about like Shaq, he could shoot threes, but like he never did it in game because he right. just didn't want to. Um, like it just kind of it's different when there's you know, you're on the court and you have a guy defending you and you have people calling for the ball and your coach yelling out from the sideline. Um, but you know, if, if obviously if he starts shooting threes, he's gonna just like Giannis, like Giannis, he starts shooting threes and he became a he's not a great three point shooter, but he's more dangerous. Like if Simmons starts it. doing that, he becomes you know, a much more dangerous player. Right, you have to respect about confidence. Exactly, it's confidence. And I think that's always been something he lacked. And it never helped that, like, he's a guy you have to push to have to do it. 
because Brett Brown just let him do whatever he wanted. And Brett Brown was just a bad head coach. He just was. We went we went as far as we did with against T- Toronto because of players like Jimmy Butler um, going off and playing well and, and being JJ. clutch at the end of the game. Excuse me? And JJ. And JJ. Having shooters. Shooters. Which the great, the great and, Amer- and amazing Daryl Morley has gotten us so far. They may not all be these top 10 amazing highlight reel shooters, but they're all good at shooting the ball. Like people forget Danny Green led the league at 45% three-point shooting two, uh, two years ago. And then the bubble, it's like, well, he's not the only one that went and played like shit through the bubble. Like we just said, it playoff P played bad. Pandemic P, I should say. I don't even know why I just called him playoff P. He's not playoff P. Um, Kawhi didn't even play up to his best all the time. I chopped that up to having to play a lot more consistently. He didn't get the load management. Um, but even like Le- the Lakers didn't play all that great the whole time. You saw the Denver Nuggets had, had to come back down three to one, like what, seven, like three times, two times. So it's all, it's like even the, like the, the Raptors didn't play that well. The Celtics didn't play well when they needed to. That team should have went to the finals. I'm glad they didn't. Sorry, Tyler, but like I'm glad they didn't go to the finals, but they should have gone to the finals. The only team that didn't play bad throughout the whole playoffs, in my opinion, was the Miami Heat. I agree. They're just that they they have that chemistry and brotherhood. It seems like down there, that's just unstoppable. And it's funny because it's led by Jimmy Butler, who all have yeah. said can't locker room cancer has all these problems, can't get it done with the with his players. Look now, he went to the finals. He didn't. He didn't win. Up team that's going to yeah. grind. They're not going to go away easily. No, they're not. Um, and they lost, and it's that's a shame. And it's a shame how they lost to the Lakers because they lost Dragic and they lost Bam. And when they came back, and Jimmy was injured the whole time, and I think I think Bam did come back for the last game. Did he not, or am I wrong? He may have. I mean, I, I know he came back once, but he was still injured, so it's not even. They like did win a-, a game without any of those guys. Just Jimmy Butler like leading them, and Tyler yeah. Hero went insane. Yeah, um, and Tyler Hero. Oh. Also, you're younger than us. The Seventy Sixers did get a top ten three point shooter. Steph Curry is that. I I, I, <laughs> he doesn't. He's not a great player, but he's a great shooter. Yeah, like, like, he'll get on fire. <laughs> like when I'm at like top ten, like you mean like you look at these guys and like the highlight guys day in and day like out, like Curry, yeah, or like, Steph, like Steph. But we got Seth. But when it comes down to needing the shots, I'm glad we got him. And it's in the DNA. Rivers says to coach both his sons though. One is his son, and then his son-in-law, which is kind of cool. That's cool. Yeah. Whew. But anyways, the Sixers, I still think we got one more big move left in us. I don't know what it is, but I think we got one. And I really hope it's for Levine or like John or, or like a Bradley Beal. I really do. I, I was at a point a week ago where I thought to myself – like, I'm an avid, like, I do not like James Harden because of his, like, I get it, he led the league in total steals, but his overall defense just isn't that good. Like, he's good when the ball's, like, through the air and he's, like, good hands, man. Like, get just, like, keeping active hands and all that. But I, I was at a point where I was, like, I'd rather trade for him than him go to Brooklyn or the, or the Celtics. <laughs> I was, like, I don't want to play him four times a year and then have to go through him in the playoffs. I'd rather have him at that point. And I think him with uh, Embiid, and possibly Simmons, but I think in that trade you'd have to give up Simmons, would be unstoppable because you have guys that can dominate down low and then you just kick it out to him to shoot. Yeah, their pick and roll would be very good. Mm-hmm. Which Embiid is decent at. I mean, 
I don't know. It, they did get rid of Horford, so that cleared off some some you know, room in the, your cap. Um, which I'm, you know, I know Tyler likes Horford, and you don't probably play. Um, but I don't know. Another a name that I don't, I don't, I haven't heard anything about, but I feel like this is like such a logical guy to get traded. Maybe not the Sixers, but any team is the Blake Griffin. Like the Pistons signed like three or four centers, and it's like <laughs> they're not. It's their timeline does not fit Blake. Um, and Blake coming off an injury as well. Um, I remember like the Kings when they drafted all those centers and they had Cousins, like they eventually did trade Cousins. So I don't know. Do you, I don't know if Cliff Griffin's really a great fit, but he can shoot the three and he can handle the ball. So yeah, I think in that situation, they would probably have to trade Tobias. I mean, in any situation, if we trade Tobias, I'm happy. Like he's a max contract that shouldn't be a max con. It's not a max. It's like five million dollars short of the max. But despite that, or like ten, despite that, if he's gone, I'm happy. If I'm not mistaken, I think the Griffin trade had Tobias in it. Yeah. No. The, the Pistons Clippers trade. It had, oh, it had Griffin. Yeah. It yeah. had Tobias in it. Yeah. It had also Bobby and Toby. But <laughs> yeah. that would be interesting. That'd be, I don't know wonder how often that's happened where a guy gets traded for this the other same person guy like twice. Like with like another different thing. Yeah, I don't know. But that <clears throat> If we can get rid of his contract and trade for somebody like a Levine, a Griffin, or a Beal, I would love that. Or even John Wall. Just put that I don't. Before. I just don't know if Beal's moving. I, I just feel like they've just been holding on. Because I think the Wizards realize, like, you have Wall and Beal. Like, that's like a really good start. And they're, like, thinking, like, if we do this right, we can get to the, the Trailblazers. But Trailblazers got to the conference finals. They got swept, but, like, that's still pretty good, and they've gotten close to the conference finals. I apologize. Um, but that's like I, I know Wall did. Apparently, their GM came out and said Wall didn't demand to be traded. So yeah, conflicting reports. But he, apparently, all of a sudden, it's possible. like yeah. Apparently, all of a sudden, it's like they don't want to play with each other, or it's just like I like uh, they. Apparently, he heard how they shopped him a little bit, and he was just like, "No, I don't want to play with you then." But I don't blame them. Unfortunate. They would have been really good together if they were oh, yeah. both healthy at the same time. And they just locked up Bertans for what, like four years, five years, yeah, maybe three. I don't know. I didn't see the contract. I know it was a big contract, but I had... that's, a, that's a sneaky good signing too, or re-signing. Yeah, it was. He's just not. He's a lot of money. It's just like I, I get he's a stretch big, but yeah, he's not a star. But he'll get the he'll he'll get the starting down. center, isn't it? Thomas Bryant. I guess Bertans could play power forward though. Yeah, yeah. That's one thing that. The Sixers need is another power forward, whether it's a new starter or a backup. We just need one. We are lacking one right now. Yeah, we need. So do we. We need big men too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but, Cousins still available. He is. He, yeah, he is available, but I don't know if anybody wants to try to sign him because he's probably just going to stay injured, or as soon as he comes back, get injured again. I mean, the dude I is. I think someone will sign him to like a, a minimum contract or whatever. Maybe. But because it's like you know, you take up one roster spot. You know, at a fifteen to take a guy who used to be a star. I don't think the team's going to pass up on that eventually, but probably at the end. I still think we got a steal, and my dogs are barking again. This is a problem with doing this in the pandemic. I'm still at home, not at school, and my dogs are barking. All right, it's done. So <laughs> we got a steal, in my opinion, in Dwight Howard for. The vet minimum. This man turned down more money in LA to come play in Philly. Cause he was going to come. He was like, Oh, I'm set. I'm staying. And then all of a sudden it was like, I think he knew what they were up to in getting Har- Harold. He wasn't going to yeah. play a lot. You have a D you have Harold. 
you have McGee, but McGee just got traded. So I mean, the weird part now is he could be backup center. He would have been backup center because they did trade McGee when they got to yeah. Saul. Um, so they, he could have been backup center to get Saul. Yeah, um, but, but I mean, Harold's still there, and he can play center. He's not small. Yeah, I guess. But he could play. I guess, yeah, they do have Keith as well. So I guess yeah. you're not going to play Keith and, and Harold and another center. Right. That's three big men. Because we cut Norvell Pell, and I was just like, eh, all right, he wasn't great. He had, like, anytime he came in, it was in garbage time. He had a couple wild blocks, and it was like, oh, cool. But then it was like he didn't do anything else anywhere anyways. So I was glad we cut him, and then I see we get Dwight Howard, and I was at first I was shocked, and I was like, why? And I was like, oh wait, we have nobody behind Joel right now. So I was like, happy. He's, he's a great backup. Now you have two guys, right? I think you signed someone else. No, we traded Zaire Smith for a rookie. I don't know. I no, that's Tony Bradley, I think. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bradley. Yeah, you know, Zaire, and Zaire's another. Like he just didn't never got off. Like wasn't he part? He was part of your trade. I forget. I think I got traded with for another draft pick. I think he's part of the, a Butler trade, maybe. I don't know. No, he was but, no Zaire. We traded for him on draft night after yeah. we drafted at Bridges from Villanova. Yeah, I mean, everybody was like, hyped that we drafted the hometown college kid, and then, then we traded there. him like two hours later, and we're all like, "What the hell?" Like, why I mean, would and you he do also that? And then Zaire, he just never got was the same after injury. Like, he never got back fully. Really, I mean, he wasn't good. It sucks. I, him and Fultz are guys like you know. What if, like, if, what if those guys were not, did not have the injuries and they just developed with the 76ers? Like, no, no, no. The maybe with, that team with Butler and Harris pushes them over the top. The thing with Fultz is, it's not what if we didn't injure or screw up Fultz. It's the fact that we just didn't draft Jason Tatum. If we had Jason Tatum, we would have won a finals by now. We would have beaten the Raptors. We would have gone to the finals the year before. We, like, it's the thing that still pisses me off because it was Brian Colangelo was our GM and he got duped by Danny Ainge. Well, he was a third overall pick, right? Wasn't it Fultz and then who was I forget who was second, but I think was that Lonzo? It was Lonzo. Lonzo? That, that wasn't the same was draft, was it? No, it was I think Ingram. Lonzo, Lonzo went one after. and then we went. I think two. it was Ingram. Either way, I hmm, we weren't I number know. one. Oh, then I don't even know. I don't think it was. I think Tatum was third, though. I think we were two, though, I think. Celtics had the third pick back-to-back years. They took Jalen Brown the year before and then Tatum. Yeah, I think we were two. Oh, no, it was Lonzo. You guys were right. I did not realize they were the same draft. Everything's a blur now because it's – I remember that because we drafted him. And then I just, like, I hated Lonzo because of his dad so much. And he was in L.A. and I hated L.A. and – I got to that, see the Sixers destroy that draft lottery. Is pretty horrible. Like a lot. Like besides, like it's it's Tatum, Mitchell, and Adebayo, and that's literally it for good people from the lottery. Like after that, maybe the best guy is Luke Kennard, Zach Collins. Like it's really bad. Some of these picks. Zach Collins ain't bad. He's pretty. Good. Oh wait, actually, Fox is also there. So he's Bam should be signing an extension soon. Like Mitchell and Tatum. Yeah. Donovan got paid. <laughs> the video so of him did. jumping in his pool. He just said, "Screw it, I'm jumping in the pool." It was funny. He and Tatum got the same deal. Extension. Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy and mad Tatum got that deal. I mean, it's expected, but, like, I like Jason Tatum. Like, I don't hate him. I want him on my team. He should be on my team. But, you know, Brian Colangelo is a doofus who also had his own burner account. That's the funniest thing. I mean, that's, like, one of the – NBA is crazy. It's so many crazy, like – It is. 
I don't think the craziness is over. I think within the week, somebody's going to make some big splash. I they got to do it fast, though, because the season starts in less than a month. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying in the next week. <laughs> like sometime around Thanksgiving, some wild news is going to break, and it's going to distract us from the pointless Cowboys and Redskins Thanksgiving game. Or, excuse me, football team. Technically not, it's technically not pointless anymore, though. Okay. Like that, okay. The winner you guys are winning the division. Win. You guys are winning the division. <laughs> I, I, I don't know that because like, the, the schedules for the Washington and Dallas are easier. But I don't know. Giants do have the tiebreak right now. I think we are playing the best right now, though. <laughs> yeah, no, I think so. But also, like, I'm like, Dallas has so many offensive weapons. If Dalton can play like a confident QB and their defense could not suck. Like they have, they they won't be. Ter- they could win some games. And like, Washington, Cowboys defense is bad though. It's been good. I mean, they almost won against the Lions as well. So like, they almost have another win. I mean, the Giants almost have a lot of other wins, but I don't know that that division just it's just pretty bad. They all have three wins. But the, yeah, the thing with the Giants though is if they make the playoffs, they could very well be facing like a team like the the Rams or something like that, who they yeah, the almost beat. Like yeah, at this point in the season, it's like different though. At the same time. I think whoever wins the game tonight is the five seed. Tonight. Rams oh, or yeah. It is Monday, isn't it? Huh. I forgot about that. Uh, I always think... Five right now and the Rams are six, I think. See, in my mind, I always, if I have nobody playing on a Monday night, my, my mind is the week is over on Sunday because of fantasy, but then I always forget there's a Monday night game. I do, but I already lost. So, oh, so I did I. <laughs> I do think the Bucks could win the division, though, because I, I know Hale had a great first game, but also that was a pretty bad team he was facing. It's um, tough because they got like, swept by the Saints, though. Yeah, I don't think the Saints are going to lose this. And they, looked, and they looked fine with, Tate, or with Taysom Hill because when you're down, I heard, I saw it on TV and I heard it, and it's completely right. They're a completely different goal line or red zone team now. That's where that's where it's lethal having Taysom because he can run too. You don't just you can't just sit back and just wait for an easy ten yard, fifteen yard pass, which is easy to defend or should be. Now all of a sudden he can run and you have to play both up and back and it opens up space and it just creates a lot of havoc for the defense. The weird thing is everyone expected Michael Thomas to have not good production because Hill was like not going to pass it a lot. Instead, <laughs> Thomas had his best game of the season by far. He looked like his old self because before that he his three or four games he had played he wasn't having doing much and then Kamara didn't have a good game at all. Like he had what thirty something yards rushing. He had like one yeah. pass catch and he had a touch touchdown save this fantasy day. But still like considering how good weeks he's had. Like, he just didn't get targeted a lot. No, yeah. Everybody's going to keen in on their big stars and then all, uh, like, on Kamara. <laughs> you don't judge <laughs> everybody. Everybody thinks they're going to keen on Kamara and all of a sudden you have it stopped. It's like, okay, no, Taysom can throw the ball. He's just a naturally gifted athlete who can play anything. He did play quarterback ta- in college, so. Yeah, Taysom Hill reminds yeah. me of that kid you see in high school football who goes out and literally at some point in the game plays every position possible Not that's not defensive line or offensive line. He will play safety, corner, linebacker. He will play quarterback, running back, slot, wide receiver. He will do all of it, tight end. He'll do all of it. And in the NFL, he's just doing that on the offensive side of the ball. He's just a running back, tight end, and run, and quarterback. It's insane. Um, and I just – I. <laughs> It's intriguing to see what happens over the next few weeks because you know Breeze is coming back. It should, maybe. He, I mean, he has 11 cracked ribs, which I didn't know was possible. But do you go back to Breeze? Because you weren't playing your best football with Drew Breeze. No offense to the Hall of Famer and arguably top five quarterback of all time. But I go back to him. I don't. I don't. But also, I'll see how he plays. Hale plays in the games. Like. Mm-hmm. 
after this because like you know it's one one game so far so we yeah. don't know but if he's still playing really good i don't think because the fact that breeze is going to retire after this season and you know hill is your future qb you paid him all that money um but it looks like Brady will end up being on top of Breeze in the leaderboards because I know there was that that tracker like Breeze kept passing him and Brady kept passing him. But now it's going to be Brady having all those records. All for maybe interceptions. I think Bre- uh, Favre may keep that. Favre will keep that one. <laughs> That's yeah, I don't think anybody's breaking that one. Huh, Carson's giving himself a run, but you know, it's a different story. But I think like. If you're Jameis in this situation, what are you thinking? Like, can I even go sign somewhere else and try to be a starter now? Like, who's going to sign you to be a starter? Or do you just sign back in the in the hopes, not hopes, but, like, the chances Taysom's not that guy? You know what I, I mean? don't think I go back, to back. I think you'd sign with a team that, like, you know, maybe they draft the QB, but, like, maybe they don't. And if they do, it's going to be late. Like, think about, like, the Broncos, right? If they don't, they're probably not in a position for Fields or uh, Burrow right now. So maybe they end up sticking with Drew Locke, but Locke has not been good. So then if you go there, like he could easily replace them and they have weapons or like the Jaguars, if they don't, for some reason, if they don't draft Justin Fields because they think Minshew's good. Um, I don't know. There are teams they can go to. See, I was, I was about to think like maybe um, Denver would be in play for Justin Fields, but now I don't think so because they're still Washington. They're going to draft the quarterback. There, I think they've given up on Haskins, and I think I mean, you want somebody to and you want somebody to learn really well. under him. Yeah, he's playing well, but you want to learn. Yeah, you know, I would think if I'm Washington, Alex Smith's career isn't going to last much longer. So I naturally, because of his leg, and you don't want to like further run the risk, like for three or four years, maybe only one or two. Go draft Justin Fields. I, I just I, don't think they're going to get unless they trade up because it's going to be. Right now, I I really don't think the Jets or the Jaguars are going to win more than one other game. I think they have a two game cushion. Um, I don't think any team has two wins only, if I'm not mistaken. No, I don't think no. so. Yeah, because the t- all the teams won, so I think it's going to be Jets Jaguars, and they both take QBs. And unless the Jets really do think Darnold's the future, but like, I don't know. I I just I what from the signs of the season they want to move on from Darnold, and like the Jaguars QB situation is a mess. So I I don't think the Washington gets someone. Unless, but they have other guys like Zach Wilson on BYU is supposed to be very good. Um, I'm sure there's some other guys uh, who could come out and like they'll be rated in first round and maybe they take him. But like, I could also see those teams staying put and trying to sign a guy like a Jameis or if like Newton, Newton probably not going to sign with the Patriots. So like maybe they sign a Newton, another team, um, like one of those you know journeyman guys or like a Fitzpatrick if they lose Miami. See, the uh, other thing is like Denver. It's hard for them to like be able to trap draft one again, I guess, because like there's going to be two teams from our division that's going to be ahead of them in the draft. Because at the at this moment right now, because of the three wins, um, we all have three wins and they have four. Shockingly, the Chargers are three and seven. It's very unfortunate for them. Well, only one team is going to be behind them if, let's say, Broncos lose out because of the fact there's so many divisional games left. But yeah, I mean. But I don't think that Dallas, if let's say they're behind them, I don't think Dallas is not going to draft a QB. Eagles aren't going to draft a QB, right? You guys are going to stick with going Hurts, I would guess. So it's only really Washington you have to worry about. I I, I don't know. I don't I mean, know. You got, I don't doing. think you're going to give up, you're going to say no Hurts, you draft, because you didn't give him a chance. Like, Oh, we if, would go with Hurts first, but I have no clue anymore. 
We were, <laughs> we could have drafted Jefferson. We took Rager. I'm not I'm not gonna say that was a dumb pick at the moment still yet because of course Rager was out six weeks and now he's trying to still like get back into it. But I think at this point like we're not using him the way you should. He's not running. He's not. They're not using his speed to his advantage at the moment. Um, but we did take Hurts in the second round, and they won't. You, I have no clue. Howie's just. <laughs> I we the team's loyalty to their players from the coaches and front office is absolutely t- awfully like it's so it's too high. Alshon Jeffrey should not be on the field right now. Jason Peters should not be under contract right now. The rugby player turned left tackle has given up three sacks and I think six or four games for us. Jason Peters gave up three sacks yesterday to the Browns, who didn't have Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett didn't play, and Carson got sacked six oh, wait, times. That would have to be a Vernon. I love that. Vernon had, full, Vernon had three again. sacks or like three and a half. Dude, he um, absolutely he beat Lane didn't... one time too. He like he bull rushed the shit out of Lane Johnson. I was like, yeah. dude. Another team I just thought of who who Jameis can go to is the Bears. No, like, yeah, I was gonna say the Bears too because I don't unless like they go back to Trubisky, which I don't. They should go back to Trubisky. It should, but also and then test him out and see if he's actually because Foles is not your future. No, Foles, Foles isn't good. Foles is not good. <laughs> he hasn't been good since uh, late 2018. Trubisky was three and zero this year. He wasn't that good. I mean, I saw him against though. the Giants. Their defense he didn't look was, that good. He was right I mean, in his defense. Yes, he's not. He wasn't a, playing if well. They but he's still good, if they had a good QB and they had a good running back, like I, I like Montgomery, but he's not that good, honestly. Um, they would be like a. T- they'd be contending for the top seed in the team in the NFC because their receiving targets are really good. Um, Allen Robinson's a stud, and then their help. defense is insane. Yeah, it doesn't help that Robinson wants out constantly, though. <laughs> but it's true. I'll take him. No, I feel like sometimes like it's nice to just like maybe start fresh. That could help, like. Why drag something out? And I mean, like, for the Eagles right now, like, like I saw your tweet the other day, like, or yesterday about Carson's contract, and I'm like, you can he, easily I mean, trade out or after like, 2021, but I, it's yeah. it's bad. They, they, I mean, I, I, I completely understand them signing him to that contract because he was good. Like, he looked good before then. Mm-hmm. And just this year, it's just been off the rails. And he couldn't, like, last year, at least he had, he didn't have great for targets, but he also was able to, make do with what he had, which is what a good QB does. They make yep. do with what they have. Um, but Wentz now, was he's, just now he's got un- better targets and it's just not working. Like it's more deeper than just the quarterback or just one person. Like the offensive line is having moving pieces constantly. And most of them are old and bad. Carson is lost. The play calling is atrocious. It's all long and drawn out, and Doug constantly tries to outsmart the other coach, which you cannot do all the time. We don't have an offensive coordinator. We don't. We said in the beginning of the year, I knew it was going to be bad when he said, when the beginning of the year they said they're not going to have an official offensive coordinator. I said, oh, shit. Well, the worst thing is your cap space. I think you have, like, the second worst cap next year or something like yeah. that. You're, like, you're over the cap by, like, $30 million or something 64. like that. Yeah, it's like it's it's really bad. We're paying Alshon and Jeffrey fifteen million this year right now. Oh wait, sixty four million over the cap. Yeah, yeah, sixty four. Yeah, only team worse than the Saints, who are ninety six million over the cap. See, but the Saints are good. Yeah, I like you know. I don't <laughs> yeah, know how they're going to cut that money, but they can and still be good. Philly's in trouble. Um, Atlanta also is not as bad, but they still are over the cap. By a That's lot. why I think. Somehow, if you can send like a package deal of like Ertz and Wentz to Indianapolis, 
They can't be mad about a lot of money. They have $218,000 in cap space right now for next year. Yeah. They or need, 218 million. Yeah, I was going to say thousand. <laughs> that's not a lot. <laughs> I don't know if they, I mean, Burke should be valuable because their tight end's not great, but like, no, are they going to, are they going to really want Wentz over Brissett? Like, I, Wentz has been so bad this season. Like, his value is tanked. That's <laughs> where it's where, almost like a Russell Westbrook contract where it's like, he is, he shows his value is, he, even if he has numbers, it's just not, he's not good. And his contract's ridiculously huge. And like, team wants to get rid of him because of that and they don't want to have him on the team but oh. i mean it, it, it's bad and maybe they it's good it, we could it's funny because in like five weeks it could be a totally different conversation he could turn it on and then the eagles are like have like seven wins and they win the division and then it's like whence is still the future look at our heads we're both shaking now <laughs> i've seen this is something where he should have been benched for a second half long ago Either yesterday or the previous or, or other games, because that's what they did with that's what Andy did with McNabb in two thousand eight, and then they went on the NFC Championship and lost to the Cardinals. But not that I'm saying that's going to happen this year if we bench Carson for half for a half a game. <laughs> but at this point, I think if you can, the the best suitor is the Colts because Brissett's good, but he's not good. Like he just has his moments. But the fact that Frank Reich is their head coach is a big deal because I still think there are a lot of people who say Frank Reich is the reason why we won the Super Bowl. I think it was everything combined perfectly at once is what made us win the Super Bowl. Our defense was clicking except for the Super Bowl. They made one key stop. Um, The offense, everything was in motion. Everybody trusted each other. Everybody was playing well. Everybody was fighting through every possible injury they could. Alshon Jeffrey was playing with a torn rotator cuff. We went out and made a great trade for JHIE for like nothing. I feel like it was who had a great, who played well for us. Nelson Aguilar was playing amazing. Like people like joke about us, like, haha, he's making catches in, in, in Las Vegas. And I'm like, the dude was a critical part in our Super Bowl run. He had eight catches for like 90 some yards in the Super Bowl. Like that's not to be taken lighthearted. And now it's like, okay, maybe it's not all the same over there in Indianapolis, but they're making it work with Phillip Rivers, who's basically on his end of his career is on the end of his career. I don't think he's playing again next year. I would think if you're Frank Reich, I think you take a shot on Carson because you've had previous success with him because when you coached him, he was an MVP candidate and front runner. Maybe that's all he needs. Maybe it's a change of scenery. Like who knows? You have a, you have a, you have a 10 times better offensive line there than you would here. And it doesn't always help because Carson has like a 44 rate or QBR when they're, when he has like at least two and a half seconds of pocket time or b- between the snap and him throwing the ball, which is absolutely absurd. But no, there's so many problems with this team right now. We're not making any run. We're playing Seattle on Monday night. I don't remember the last time we beat Seattle in general. In general, we lost the last like four times. We lost to them in 2016. We lost to them in 2017 when before Carson even tore his ACL. We lost to them in the playoffs last year and in the regular season last year. And we're going to lose to the Cardinals because Kyler's playing out of his mind. And we're going to, there's no shot we beat the Saints with Taysom Hill. Like, if we can't defend Daniel Jones running the stupid option, that's the, it's not hard to, <clears throat> we're not going to beat Taysom Hill, who's a 10 times better athlete than Daniel Jones. <laughs> like, we're not. The craziest part is that it not only worked in the first game, and the, he would have, it worked in the second. 
worked in the second. It worked in the second twice. It worked better. He had one that was called back due to like a holding that wasn't really like it was kind of a ticky tack hold on Andrew Thomas. Eh, it wasn't. Eh, it was there. That's all. I've seen. I've seen worse, not called than that. Yeah, I mean, this holding on it, like holding, can be called on almost every play. But like, did you guys score? Or was that a field goal? I think they scored a field goal on that one. Okay. Yeah, because the only touchdown they only touchdown the Giants scored in the second half. No wait, they scored two. I know they scored one, like on that like bing bang like four play drive. But I think after that they got a field goal and that was it. Yeah, maybe two. Watching the Masters. <laughs> yeah, I was shocked. <laughs> you were. I mean, I'm not. I'm shocked, and I'm not shocked you're watching the Masters. But D, Daddy, uh, Daddy D, Dustin Johnson uh, was my favorite golfer, and he won, so I was happy with that. But no, outside of there's just so many problems. I really think Deuce Staley should be our offensive coordinator. Miles Sanders got the ball twice for four yards in the second half after 14 for 62 in the first yesterday. How do you excuse that? You don't. You don't. You can't. It's awful. Like, I get it. He fumbled on the first drive. But, what, like, it makes no difference because the rest of the half he gets st- kept getting carries. Why is he not touching the ball in the second half? He's arguably your best skill player on the team at the moment. And second best overall player behind um, Jason Kelsey, who I will say had an elbow injury, then had a brace on, and the man could not lift his arm up over his head to – Buckle his own chin strap because of the brace. Is that why his stats were so bad against the Giants? No, yesterday's elbow injury was on his left arm. Okay, because I know he got like in the Giants game, it was just awful. Like, oh, it was it was it was so bad. I was just like, this is this is of course, of course, of course, it would happen because Jason Peters and Lane Johnson are back and they're playing well. To my surprise, like neither of them gave up a sack. And then they came out here and shit the bed yesterday. But and then Jason Peters or excuse me, Jason Kelsey comes out, decides to snap every ball at Carson's ankles, step on Carson's leg, get holding calls and penalties at the wrong time. Like, dude, what are you doing? Like his best play was when he set up Boston Scott's touchdown. That was the only thing from that game that I liked. Boston Scott continues to do well against the Giants. And I that's the only thing I think we have well going against you guys. That's it. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. Yeah. How do you how do we go from 2017 to this shit? I don't get it. I do not get it. Doug might want find his way fired at the end of the year. Will I be mad? No. Will I be happy? No. I won't know how to react because this team also fired Chip Kelly after his second season. So and the game and the year wasn't even over. It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> to make matters worse, the Giants are getting better. And I don't Well, I was worried. Before the Giants Eagles game, because there was that thing that streak, I think the Eagles were asking to do it to win uh, at least two straight NFC East titles, and it hasn't happened since then, which is insane. But now it does look like the Eagles will not. I, no. I really think it's probably going to be between the Giants and who, and probably whoever wins between Washington and um, Dallas on Thursday. The division, but it's it's going to be probably first team to six wins wins the division, and if no one gets six wins, I have no clue what's happening. If, if no one gets the six wins, the rest of the NFL is going to have a fit. Yeah. They're all going to be mad because <laughs> the six-win team is going to host a playoff game. Yeah. It's going to be it's gonna be crazy. It's like 2010, the NFC West was almost that bad. Yeah, we're in the Seahawks like 7-9. Yeah. yeah, it was like the final game. It was like, it was like Sam Bradford against Matt Hasselback for the division. <laughs> I remember that. Was that... um? Was that the year of the Beastquake? 
Or was that 20? I think that was because they, they were like 7-9 and they, they won a playoff game against the, the Saints. Yeah, I don't know. That was a home game. Was that 2012 or was that 2010? That was 2010. 2010? I think so. I can't remember. I just know 2010 was Miracle of the Meadowlands 2 and that was, you know, great. But, uh... <sighs> Yeah, I'm just gonna go into. Depression. It wasn't great. I'm going into depression with this team. And that's all I'm saying. But you know, I mean, at least the Super Six is going to compete, and that's that's good. No, but here's like, my yeah. thing. <clears throat> I'm waiting for the NHL and the NBA to start up because I know the Sixers are already going to be better with everything that they just did in free agency in the draft, and I know the Flyers are going to be better because of Kata Hat and everything else that they've done. As long as they get a goal, uh, like as long as they learn how to score goals in the playoffs. But besides that, they'll still make the playoffs at least. I mean, that's the oh, yeah. Phillies haven't done that in a while. Carter Hart got disrespected the other day when I saw, I think it was NHL NBC. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Their rankings? Put out the top 10 goalie rankings that they think of right now, that they, that they personally thought. How, how do you take Carter Hart off that list? Tyler, how do you do it? You know hockey, right? Right. I saw I saw the side talks. I know Tyler doesn't know hockey. Right. <laughs> um, but no, I think the hey, crazy thing was the, the Islanders this made the top the chip, 10 teams. Sorry, like, the Islanders made the conference finals, and you don't put them in the top 10 teams. Like It's not like they lost so much in, in the offseason. I, mean, I don't think they added anything significant, but like the fact that they keep getting like undervalued, I get that they don't have like they don't have like flashy names or whatever, but like that's kind of ridiculous. You don't put them in the top 10 teams when they made the conference finals the previous year. You said the Islanders? Yeah, the Islanders. Yeah. Say. No, yeah. Oh, well, you still have Notre Dame. I do, right now. Uh, <laughs> it's, so weird. To Clemson. it's weird. It's weird. Hey, we beat Clemson, man. We'll do it again. I don't care if it's Trevor Lawrence. That freshman backup is the shit. That dude just is, for that dude is I just really amazing, want to BYU to make the playoffs, so for chaos, but I don't think that's going to happen. No, yeah, Cincinnati, Cincinnati had to win last week in order to like prove to the committee, because UCF's still pretty good. <laughs> I feel like, yeah. like, it's, like, it's, like it's, I, it's weird though that BYU canceled the game against Washington because that's at least a, a power five team. Florida State, like Cle- Florida State, had one, or no, Clemson had one positive COVID case, and Florida State was like, "No, nah, we don't want to play you guys." I was like, "Bro, yeah, Dabo was so upset." I was like, "Come on, like." I mean, it, either way, like you know, Dabo doesn't have to be like you know, I cancel it because like they didn't want. It's like. Okay, like, and like, why do you care? Like, if you win your conference, you're gonna win, you make the playoff. Like, your game against Florida State does not matter in the long run. Well, no, because yeah. Miami only has one loss, but that was to Clemson. Yeah, yeah. so that means Clemson yeah. with a tiebreaker. Yeah, well, I mean, so it's not a problem. <laughs> well, no, well, no, if, they, if Florida State beats Clemson, then Clemson has two losses. If yeah, I mean, that, I'm won. saying it doesn't matter for like Dabo complaining, like why? Because like just one more chance to lose. Because if oh, you have two losses, okay. I understand. I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like it doesn't make sense. And also, it's like you know, he was like complaining, and then like you know, his coaches also were complaining. Entrepreneurs like, I don't know. It's it's kind of silly that they're going to complain about something where it's like, you know, you know, you, you're you're one of the conferences that actually had a full season. Like you're not one of those conferences that are like, you know, Wisconsin's like two and one on the year or something like that. <laughs> Where it's like because they had they started so late, um, like at least you you know you had a, a SEC's canceling games also that's like the conference where it's like they're the ones that I you know think they're not going to cancel any game. They're such a football like oriented thing like no matter what they're not going to cancel they canceled games. So it's like 
dabble complaining about it, it just seems like, okay, like, we don't need that well, right here, now. The nice thing about college is that it's, they're not canceled. You can actually push them back to, like, the end of the year. Because that's what Notre Dame and Wake Forest did because it was, like, the second or third week they postponed the Wake Forest game because of COVID. And that's just being put back to the end of the schedule because, like, within college, you can move like you can move like some like the conference championships back and like some bowl games back. You know what I mean? Because then, like, the playoffs isn't until New Year's, so you get that whole month off and you have space to add fans at the game, though. Hmm. Is it supposed to be fans at those games, though? The championships and the playoffs. Yeah, I would think it'd be. It would depend on where. Because in California, you, you won't postpone these games as the fans who bought the tickets, mm-hmm. but also like it's a weird situation. Like when the NBA had to change, you know, gates of the games. It wasn't really a problem because of the fact that like there's no fans going to the games. They don't, they don't have to deal with that crisis. But like if you have a national championship game that gets moved a week back, suddenly you have let's say they had like twenty thousand fans. Suddenly you have like a thousand fans who are like, I can't do it. I need to change it. Like. Whatever. Well, I'm not talking about the national one. I'm talking about like the, the conference ones. But it's still yeah, the, the same, ones, same thing. Guess, makes sense. Yeah. But I would guess the conference ones. I guess depends. Honestly, it all depends on where these games are played because it depends on the state's own rules on how many people you can have and if you can have people. Like if it's played over in California, you won't have anybody there. If it's if, played, if Notre Dame's home, I don't know if they're going to have fans at the game. They already do, though. Because after last, like after last, you know, when they played Clemson last time, which I'm guessing they're going to play Clemson again. The they will. That, you know, the, all the backlash they got. So if they have fans again and they win and then they throw in the stadium, they're going to get more backlash. But I think they'll uh, still have the fans there. I mean, I know that all those students that did, they were forcibly, they were forced to quarantine. Like they were actually like they like the school just like probably did all this stuff with their cars and like that, <gasps> but <laughs> but I, and then I did know that um, after that game, none of the players actually had tested positive that whole week either, which is pretty cool. So, and I don't think anybody from Clemson did. I mean, Lawrence was probably positive the week before, but I don't think anyone else did. Yeah, which I didn't understand, like. Why it would, has to be ten days, but I thought he'd be back right in time for that no, game. No, I was gonna, I was gonna say for the Notre Dame game. Why was he on the f- sideline? That was weird. It just Maybe didn't he make was sense to return. Me. They just didn't play him. But like, yeah, that was weird. It's like also like, yeah, it's like, why bring him there if it's like there's also a risk of like if fans storm the stadium, right? Unless it was like, get, like he tested- trampled or whatever, and it's like you don't want to injure your star QB. <laughs> well, no, I don't think that was the thing. I was just like, well, if the whole thing about is like safety and staying away from COVID, why was he there to begin with? But maybe there was just he tested negative enough, but he didn't practice at all that week, and that just hindered him, so he couldn't play. I mean, I don't know the full story, but I'm just questioning it now. But if I don't think, yeah, anything- that was kind of the weird part. Also, it's like when they turn the field, it's like they have Trevor Lawrence on the sideline who just had COVID. Like he probably was negative by then, but like. If he tested yeah, was, negative, it was all times, weird. That game. I mean, it was it was fun to watch. That it was also fun sitting on Twitter, all the people like waiting for SNL, um, and then it was like, <laughs> yeah, you got football on instead. <laughs> I was like, hey, you can wait for that because my team is playing Clemson and we need this win. We haven't beaten yeah. them in like the last. Like, and then like local long. news came on, people were even more mad. <laughs> They're like, I don't want to listen local news. I want to see Dave Chappelle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's another intriguing thing about that game. I said it during it, but. I'm willing to predict the next quarterback taken or start like the next drafted quarterback by the New England Patriots will be either Ian Book or Yoko or 
Jerkovic. Jerkovic. How do you pronounce his last name? The kid from Boston College? From BC. Yeah, it's like, it's... Yeah. His name is Phil. Oh, Jerkovic. Jerkovic. That's how you pronounce it. <laughs> but I think one of those two guys is going to be the next Patriots quarterback. Mark my words. And if it's not, then it's not. But mark my words. I think it'll happen. Because he's that... They're both solid in the pocket and they've both gotten like a lot better like they're both they both actually played for Notre Dame Djokovic actually is a Notre Dame transfer to Boston College that was his first game playing Notre Dame which is pretty impressive pretty cool um but Djokovic is such a pro ready style quarterback and in a good system he's big too and he's very big um I think he fits the role for that New England type of offense where you just need a you just need a quarterback pocket passer but I also think book can do that too but add the element of the ground game and being able to move and get get yards on the or get yards on the ground and rushing touchdowns and all that kind of stuff too. And he's also very smart with throwing the ball away. That's one of the things I've noticed a lot about him now. His interceptions have gone down this year than previous years, and he's being a whole lot more smart with the ball in general, not taking sacks and throwing the ball away when he needs to. Um, it's 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 insane because I also I, I I was at the point two years ago and a year ago where I thought book was just washed up. Nothing came out of him, and that he was just a bust in Notre Dame. And then all of a sudden, this year he just kind of comes out and plays out of his mind, and it looks like a priority quarterback. Like nothing's a fluke right now. And they only put up 16 points on Louisville, but they've put up all these other points on all these other teams. So it's, I think he, I think he just looks a lot better. I'm a little biased, but I think he looks a lot, a lot more ready for the NFL now. A second or third round pick. Whew. I think we've run our course here, gentlemen. <laughs> I'm tired now. My voice is a little more raspy. But uh, also Tyler and Mike. Oh, yeah, you are. I always think you're a Mets fan because you're a Knicks fan. And it's just, I don't know. Because yeah, it's, it's, I'm a Knicks fan. It's the orange, it's the orange and uh, blue for me. Um, That's fair. One last thing. Y'all scared about DJ or no? <sighs> a tiny bit. I just, we've not paid players, but also it's like, if they don't resign him, I think they'll sign someone else that will fill in some of what he left. Like they'll sign a guy, you know, they'll get a Simmons or at least good defensively, um, or they'll get, they'll try to trade for Lindor. I doubt it, but I don't know. I'm a little nervous. I just don't want him to go to the Mets or the Red Sox. I mean, yeah, I'm nervous. Like, just like the NL, I'm, I'll, I'll be less mad. Oh, no, no. He just can't go to the Mets. That's all I want. Just don't like, go to the Mets. Yes, yes, I'm nervous, obviously, like all Yankee fans should be. But the Yankees made it clear that he is their top priority this offseason before they get like a pitcher like Bauer or something. But well, that's probably not going to please. Uh-huh. <laughs> but um, DJ also said that the Yankees are his top priority as well. And I think, like, I think Cashman's going to get it done. I, I just hope he will because he's a great GM and he knows what will help the team. And DJ, at the top of the lineup sets the tone for everybody else. Yeah, at least your team said they're going to make your best player your priority. We haven't done and that. And he's a good defender, obviously, too. Yeah, he's a great defender. Oh, yeah, um, JC, that's not good for you guys. Oh, really? <laughs> you think I hadn't noticed? Dude, when you're all I – mean, when, the, you're, when like the face of your – There's so few people that are good at that position that he's going to get overpaid for, like, what his, his offensive and defensive production is. And that's going to be – problem because you're already paying so many guys i just want to spend stupid like they said we would pay jt almost what he wants sign dd and make a run at dj if you can 
and just fix up the bullpen. Please fix up the bullpen. I mean, the if thing with the Mets, a, though, is... If we had a, a an average bullpen, we would have made the playoffs last year. We had historically a top 10 worst bullpen of all time. Like, literally, it was that bad. It was awful. We led in 48 games, I believe, the whole year. And we still won under 500. Yep. Like, what the hell? I mean, the, hell is. the entire year, and, like... Yeah, I mean, you traded for guys from the Sox, but like, <laughs> see, I thought the Workman one would work, but it didn't. Huh? No pun intended. I actually, really didn't. The whole, no, I thought actually the, the trade you guys made with the Yankees was like going to actually like he's going to be a decent middle relief guy for you guys. Because, he threw two pitches and I think gave up three runs. Yeah, his first start. Hale. Uh, what's this guy? What's the guy's name from the Yankees? Who we, we like? He's been for us, but like we traded him. Hale. David Phelps. 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 No, no, it wasn't Phelps. Was or no, it was David Hale. Hale, yeah. We traded oh, David for Hale, Phelps yeah, too yeah. from the Brewers, and he, he was pretty. He actually wasn't that bad with the Yankees. No, he wasn't. But like, he was never high leverage. Yeah. Well, all I can say is for that good thing I got base or basketball and hockey right now. But <laughs> I thank you, boys, for hopping on today. This one's going up ASAP, and I'm gonna keep doing more of these again. And I'm actually gonna start a Philly podcast and a Twitter just to. Because it's something I know how to do, and I can. I'm just that typical Philly fan that either gets too high on his team or too low on his team, and I and I think I can be entertaining on that end. But Tyler, Mike, I thank you for joining me on another episode of the Run It Back podcast. Have a good one, boys. You too. Thank you.